Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. I'm your host, Lisa Koski, an attorney who became a mediator. I work to guide couples through their divorce with as much ease as we possibly can. I know that this can be a very scary time for people. And the purpose of this podcast is to take the fear out of divorce and to teach people that there is a better way to do it. And if you have kids, you know that the best thing you can do for them is to be a united front. We're so happy that you're here. Episode number 37 of Doing Divorce Different is so good, even better than I would have ever imagined. I have Karen McMahon. She's a divorce coach. She has a pretty big business and a great podcast that you also need to tune into. It's called The Journey Beyond Divorce. Um, but she was such a lovely guest and, you know, really went through her story where you cannot find someone who has been through a more painful divorce process. It took years. It was tumultuous. It was so hard and full of conflict. And she took that, what she went through, switched careers when it was all done and decided she wanted to help people because we all know that when we go through those really difficult transitions, difficult times. That's when the transformation begins. So she was such a pleasure. She has all kinds of great tips on um, how to sit with your feelings in the middle of all the chaos and heal and how mending yourself can either lead you to leave the marriage or mend it. So it's tremendous help. And she ends, of course, with one of my favorite subjects, talking about how to keep the kids out of the chaos. So tune in and enjoy. Hi, I just wanted to get in here and tell you about my parenting plan course. It can help you no matter where you live and what stage of the divorce you're in or how you're going through the divorce, or maybe even if you're already divorced or were never married. This parenting plan is here to help you parent together, even if you're not together, because we all know that that is what is best for our children. We can actually mitigate the damages that having separate parents causes children by working together. So start now. Go to lisakoski.com. Check out my online course. It's going to save you time and money. Whether you're working with a mediator, attorneys, or collaborative law attorneys, you together can have this piece of your paperwork completed on your own through my online course. Check it out now. 
Welcome, listeners. I am so pleased to have Karen here with us today. She is going to kind of start out by giving us her authentic story. It sounds like she's gone through a pretty gut-wrenching divorce and now is helping people through it. So we're going to kind of hear her story and then we're going to get some some tips um, on how to deal with such a painful process and kind of how to protect your kids from it. So we're going to get there, but welcome, Karen. Thank you for being here bright and early. Yes. Hi, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Would you like to just start by sharing with the listeners what you've been through and how you got to where you are helping people through divorce now? Yeah. Thank thank you for asking. You know, for, for those listening, um, I feel like I experienced almost every aspect of pain that one could experience going through divorce. And so um, my my story in a nutshell is I, I married late. I didn't marry until I was um, 34. So I really thought I knew what I was doing. But uh, with two young children in diapers, it became clear that there was just so much conflict. And um, I became a raging uh, individual. I looked a lot like my rageaholic mom who was married to an alcoholic dad. And I looked in the mirror one day after having a horrible fight and I just thought I've lost myself and um, and I don't like myself. And that was the beginning of a journey of self-development, finding a therapist, going back, trying marriage counseling. Um, it was a couple of years before I actually pulled the trigger. I think that should I stay or should I go question yeah. is just one of the most difficult questions, especially when there are children involved. And so um, when I finally landed on I should go, um, it began a three and a half year tumultuous uh, divorce. My children at that point, I think I sat them down, they were four and six. Wow. And I told them because I knew what dad would do. So even though all the rules say, tell, tell them together, if you know that the other parent is so unhealthy that the narrative to the children is going to hurt the children, the children always come first. And so I took full ownership and um, and CPS, he called CPS on me twice. Uh, the courts, I believe, called CPS on us once. Um, so the kids were p- brought into the principal's room oh. to talk to strangers. My kids were in therapy. I was in therapy. <clears throat> Excuse me. The police came to the door a couple of times because I was afraid. Uh, I moved out of the master bedroom and into the attic, which was 100 degrees all year round. And uh, bought my kids walkie-talkies so that they would have some way of accessing me. Uh, I was in sales. I was billing over a million dollars. I lost all of my sales. Um, I had to pay back a draw. I mean, it was like every single front. We had a huge financial. Um, our fin- finances. My 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 ex-husband believed in. Um, debt spending. He was like, we're deficit spending, just like the rest of the country. So we were tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. So there was a lot of emotional and verbal abuse. And having said all of that, um, three and a half years later, when I emerged uh, with a lot of support, um, I was a much better version of myself. I was a more confident mom. I found out what peace and serenity was, which I had no ex- no relationship with prior. And, um, and I felt like the process had had such an unbelievably positive impact on me that 
I knew I had to do something more meaningful with my life than at the time I was selling commercial printing. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's not it. Um, and, and here I am, uh, I got into life coaching and I, as life coaching is helping people get from where they are to where they want to be. It's about supporting through transition and divorce transition was what I was designed to support people with. And so I've been doing that for over a decade. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for taking something painful that you've yeah. learned a lot from and <clears throat> making the world a better place. And whew, I got to tell you, that's a heavy story. That that's that's the divorce story that kind of touches on everything. I might, I mean, it must have been scary to think about going on your own with the finances and you've got the kids in play and the verbal. You you had the the grand tsunami. It sounds like of a yeah. And even even though I was a working mom and I totally have such a a, a tender heart for. Um, parents, mostly moms, right? But parents who choose to stay home and then have to go back into the workforce. So I at least knew I had a skill set. I had the confidence of being a professional, but I was also in sales and hundred percent commissioned. Yeah. And I was, when I, when I left, um, I was penniless. I left $60,000 in debt and wow. with all my commissions gone and talk about a faith walk. My mom helped me, um, pay for the first, uh, the, for the place that I found, uh, for me and my kids. And I had no idea how I was going to pay the following month's rent. And I just, I just had to believe. And, and that was, and, and it was not a cakewalk, but I tell you at the end of every month, um, God pieced together the money for me to, uh, to live and to feed my kids until we started breathing a little bit easier. Okay. So can I ask, I have a couple, all kinds of questions popping up, but um, did you go into coaching right away? Like, is that what your job was right away when you had that new house or was it something that evolved? Yeah. Great question. Uh, when I got into the new house, I was selling commercial printing. I was very good okay. at what I did. It was a dying industry. And I remember months and months of sitting every morning i sit and pray in the morning and just crying to god like there there has to be something more important that you've created me for and i knew my my older and younger sister were living their passion they're both artists and my girlfriend was a dancer and i like knew all these people living their passion yes. and here i had gone through this like enormous transformation and i was selling ink on paper and i was like <laughs> nope it's not working. Like there has to be something more important. And when I found coaching, I had to go to my mom um, to ask her to just postpone some divorce debt I owed her so I could pay for tuition. And she got so mad at me. And she said, so let me understand this. You're going to go to school. You're going to spend, it was about 10 grand. Um, you're going to be certified and who's going to hire you? And I said, nobody's going to hire me, mom. The only thing I can do is start my own business. And right. she was like, you are so, being so irresponsible. That is just, and she still, she, she forgave because I was, I just knew, <laughs> I just knew I had done so much prayer and meditation. I had such peace and doors kept opening. And I said, I know you, I know you don't believe me or believe in me but I believe in me enough for both of us. So I'm doing it. And it was, 
and and really going into my career, um, well, one should not go in with this kind of a slightly negative perspective. My perspective was failure is not an option. If um, I'm going to keep these kids alive yeah. and if I am going to survive as a single parent, failure is not an option. And I just, um, but doors kept opening. It was like there, it, I was, I was, I had stepped into the flow of what I was designed to do because while it was hard, there was a flow, this like really unique that's and miraculous. amazing flow. And, and that's how people talk about the transformation. I mean, you, you have to go through crap to have a great uh, transformation. So that, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, can I ask another quick question about your story? How long did you say it was before you could look? Cause I have people that are going, you know, I'm walking them through this right. and it doesn't feel good and it's no. not going to feel good while we're doing it. So how long was it before you look back and went, wow, this was such a gift. Like how many years would you say, or, Oh, for me, when I emerged, as hard as my circumstances were, when I emerged, I went into a 12-step program, which um, was a huge, I mean, getting support, being in a, a some kind of a support community with people who are keeping the focus on themselves. Um, when I emerged from those uh those years, right when I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills, I knew it was a blessing. I knew that this, um, what do you call it? Like fire of refinement, this, this, yeah. this catalyst, um, had made such a big difference in my life that, that it was for good. I knew it was for good, even though I didn't know what tomorrow would bring. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So now Karen, you're living your life. You're a coach. You've got this big business. You're helping people through it. So are you usually working with people during their divorce, after their divorce, before, or the whole gamut? Yeah. All, all of the above. All of the above. Uh, yeah. We, we, I would, I would say at one point I was kind of tracking it and it was like a third, a third and a third. Okay. So we definitely get people um, in the, should I end or should I mend? stage, um, <laughs> okay, which yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. And the few people that I've actually helped to mend, it's just been an enormous blessing. I love that. Um, and, and what I say to people in those stages, if you're listening and you're in the, should I stay or should I go? If you invest in, in coaching and therapy in, in focusing on yourself and you try and mend, because this is the person who knows your buttons and your triggers. Yeah. This is the person that you could do the most work with, assuming that you're not in physical danger. Stay and refine yourself and heal yourself. And in the effort to end, if you mend, you'll be in, in the effort to mend. If you end up ending the relationship, you'll be further down the road and um, and it will all be for good. I love that. And it kind of plays on being patient. Yeah. You know, yeah, you yeah know? none of this happens quickly or easily. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are like, why does this keep happening to me? It's like when we face the same trial and tribulation in relationship or otherwise over and over again, it's because we have not yet learned our lesson or healed our wounds. Amen. And yeah. I do. I want the people that I work with not to be back doing this again. Exactly. Like our deepest desire at Journey Beyond Divorce is while we may not impact um, 
first marriage divorce rates, we want to help lower second and third, like completely, because we want people to, if you focus on the, if you focus on your spouse as the problem, you will leave thinking you left the problem behind. You will meet a new person, the same person in a different body. You will rinse and repeat and you will be listening to this podcast again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So mend yourself. I, I love that. Okay. So now I'm going to, I have some questions now that I've gotten to know you a little bit better, um, which is truly a pleasure. It's um, honestly, I love your story and I'm so thankful that you're here today because it's, I think it's going to be very, very helpful to me as a mediator and all my listeners. So tell me, um, how can people who are going through the pain of divorce, make it something valuable. And I think you kind of hit on that by saying mend yourself. Yeah. Well, um, we can use pain to fuel possibility. We can take the pain. And I think so many of us have been raised where if I'm hurt, the, the causal point of that hurt is external to me. It is my circumstance or the person who's hurting me. And that's the big lie. Um, While circumstances can be difficult and people can be hurtful, when we're triggered, when we're hurt, when we're reactive, the opportunity, the gift is to go in and to understand what's the wound, what's the shortcoming, what's the um, character floor, what is going on in me? Because like I just lived my life and I've raised, raised my kids to believe that our goal on this earth is to to um, to end our life the the best version of ourselves that we can be and so every trial and tribulation and difficulty is really there as a gift for us to go inside and to do that inner work and to become like my podcast, the tagline is be calm, clear, and confident. Mm-hmm. It's to get to a place where we have full agency over ourselves, where we're not um, frothing at the mouth as I was right. for many years, where we're not throwing emotional grenades across the room and blaming and accusing, but rather slowing down, getting quiet, going in, healing, having the support we need and becoming the best version of ourselves. Well, and that kind of brings me to another question I had down the line is how you talk about like staying present in the moment. Mm. And sometimes that's really hard to do when it's a really hard moment. You know, people don't want to feel those feelings. And I always tell people and my experts who have been on, they're not going to kill you. It's going to be helpful if you can sit. And then can you talk on that a little? Because it's so chaotic and hard. How does just staying present, how does that help you? Well, one of the things that we tend to do is um, fret what happened in the past and worry about what's going to happen in the future. We have no control we have no agency. The past is no longer real. It's not here today. We can't do anything about it. All of those worries about the future, most of them are never going to happen. And so we're, what we do is we expend all of this emotional and mental energy in, in time traveling where we have no control. There is so many big decisions. There's so many important things happening 
legally, financially with your children in the here and now, when you're present and you stay present, all of that energy can be funneled where it's most needed. And so, so that's on the, the, how effective we can be. The other part of it is we have to grieve and we we're in a society where it's like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, have mm -hmm. a thick, you know, a, a, a tough upper lip. And the truth is, um, if you had a tea kettle without any way for that steam to come out, the pot would blow up. We need not to numb, um, not to avoid, not to stuff. We need to feel, release. So if we feel, process, and release, then we're cleansing our heart at the same time. Does it feel shitty? Yeah, mm -hmm. it does. It feels really bad. And yet... If you then process it, whether you're journaling or in therapy or coaching or talking mm -hmm. to friends, that that release, that process and release allows you to um, cleanse your heart, to heal your heart. And both of those things, being present to be effective and, and being present to feel and heal is vital. Yeah, that's very in line with um, how I kind of coach people through too. Um, so that is, that's helpful. Here's my next question that is really hard. A lot of times when I work with people, not always, but they're generally wanting to work together. What do people do if they want to divorce a better way, do it different, yeah. um, but they have this very argumentative yeah. ex who is almost seemingly making it impossible to do it a better way. What can you do then? Well, that was my story. Um, I didn't know anything about personality disorders back then. Now I, I would say that, you know, my ex-husband um, definitely had a manic way of being. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was on the bipolar spectrum. He was definitely on the narcissistic spectrum. And so I was trying to wrap my rational mind around something that wasn't rational. And, right. um, and, and so when I got to the point with a whole lot of help to stop trying to figure him out, to stop trying to get him to understand me, um, I learned to, uh, a key thing is not to take the bait. So, right. so high conflict individuals, they are most comfortable in chaos. Those of us with more ordered minds are more comfortable in calm. And so they're going to try and fuel things. They're going to try to ruffle your feathers. And, and so every time you take the bait and you jump in, it's almost like there's a little campfire and you want it to go out. And instead you grab a gallon of gasoline and you start saturating right. it with gasoline. Who's going to get burned? You're going to get burned. And so there are so many ways of sidestepping that. And so in 12-step program, one of the great slogans I love is how important is it? And so I would always ask myself, well, how important is it? Okay. And if it's not that important, then I can say, um, I hear you. I have a lot of statements that don't say much, but it's a response. I hear you. Um, we could agree to disagree on that. Um, I'm sorry you feel that way. I have a different perspective. And then that's it. You don't have to explain. You don't have to. I think with high conflict personalities, 
um, they deflect, we defend. That's that's the dysfunctional yeah. dance of deflect yeah. and defend. And so when you, you may go to your spouse saying, you know, I really want to talk about X. And they're like, well, if you didn't always, and before you know it, you're defending and now you're back in conflict. The best way to go through your divorce with grace and dignity, regardless of the other person, is to do that work on yourself and to take that moment before any time you're triggered, right? Like our, we have a 12 step program. Step one is all about um, curbing the conflict. And the point is you, you create space. Um, you create space, you count to 10, you count to a hundred, you go for a walk around the block, you hang up the phone and call back later. You get to a point where you're regulating your emotions. And so they can be all over the place and you can be steady. I used to say that when I was engaged with my ex-husband, I always felt like he was um, driving the roller coaster and I was hanging off the back chair <laughs> with my feet flailing behind me. And then I did this work, I did this work and I found myself standing two feet solidly on the ground watching the roller coaster, but not participating. Right. It was one of the most liberating experiences. So just to kind of be aware, take a moment and watch. Be the witness, be the witness, yes. pull yourself out of it. And, and that's why this work is so important because can you sit down and write your triggers right now? Can you sit down, not what he or she does, but what are your buttons? What are the buttons get, that get pushed? Do you have an abandonment button? Do you have a disrespect button? Do you have a I'm never heard button? Like what are the things that you have to work on and that, and you don't need the other person to work on them. They will, they will push those buttons plenty. Mm -hmm. um, but when you notice enough, you can say, I'm just going to step back just until I'm clear and calm. I'm reconnected with my rational brain and then I can re-engage. Well, and I think what's so amazing about that is I bet for some people, if they do that, it could actually heal their marriage. I don't know for sure. I mean, depending on who this is, because it could just be a dance that you've kind of Absolutely. created. So if you can pull yourself back and just kind of watch that person and take care of yourself and heal yourself, sometimes the other person, I mean, is that true? That's just what I was thinking in my head. You, you know, Lisa, one of my favorite books to recommend is Getting the Love You Want by Harville and Helen Hendricks, and that's D-R-I-X. And they are the founders of Imago Therapy. Most marriage counseling doesn't work. I think it has like a 80 plus percent failure rate. Um, Imago Therapy really gets two people together and helps them with context. Um, can you see the wounded child in your spouse and why he or she um, acts in those ways that are so displeasing? Can you hold the space for them to heal? Can the two of you communicate in a safe space, which means nobody's cussing at each other, putting right. each other down, blaming and achieving. It's a, it's a conversation and a dialogue that's very healing, even if you're disagreeing. And so for those of you who would love to mend your marriage, um, grab that book, keep the focus on yourself. And like I said, if, if, if it ends, you know, six weeks, six months, six right. years down the road, you will still be so far down your path yes. and a better self. Yeah. Such good insight. Yeah. The mending yourself. I mean, yeah. that 
that's and I will put that book in the show notes. Okay. Um, yeah, that I like that. Um, and it, it's kind of sounds like it's having compassion, a little bit of compassion for that other person. And it's huge. Sometimes we lose sight of that. And I think you can, I, I've had experts talk about that compassion, even if they end up leaving and the person doesn't get help, they can still have compassion, yes. especially when you have children and you're working together, which brings me to the last question. How, like, okay, so you lived in such turmoil through your divorce. How do you keep your kids out of that chaos? And I'm not talking about just little kids. Yeah. I mean, it affects all of them. Yes. Yeah, and actually, so we'll start out by saying whether your children are 10, 20, 30, 40, or 50, they're your children, and they are not to be brought into the mix of your problems with your spouse. And so my children were very young. Um coaching right now a couple of people with adult children between let's say 25 and 35. And so the rules are actually the same. And um, one parent, and this was my situation, my my ex laid his head on my, my six-year-old's lap and cried his eyes out and mommy's destroying us and breaking our heart and our life is never going to be the same and we're all devastated and mommy's horrible and like and and um and so i dealt with two very angry children who wanted me to explain the equitable distribution and the custody because they were hearing it from dad and i had to hold a line and say i love you and this is adult information and I can't share it with you and it shouldn't be on your shoulders. And But I already know and you have to tell me. And daddy said X, Y, and Z. And um, I would try to ease their concern without um, laying information on them that they weren't um, capable of processing. It was, heart, it was heartbreaking. Hard. It was yeah. heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. My son... CPS was involved three times. The the school social worker said, I've never had a child do this before. My ex-husband told my son that if he talked to these people, they would send daddy to jail and he'd never see him again. And so my son sat there and took the fifth. And every question they asked him, little chubby boy, hands oh. crossed across his chest. And he just said, I take the fifth, I take the fifth, I no. take the fifth. And um, and my daughter was a little chatty patty, and she was like, "Well, let me tell you what happened." <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I had an amazing social worker at school. She ran a banana splits program. If you have children, a lot of the schools have psychologists and social workers and these programs. So they were in like group, they were like in group therapy. I mean, there were a lot of silver linings if you okay, were willing good. to look for them. You know, my children are now 23 and 25, their emotional intelligence, their ability to set boundaries, their ability to articulate their emotions to their to their loved ones and their boyfriends and girlfriends is so beyond where I was at 40 in their yeah. 20s. And so there there's a lot of gifts. Uh, so our, children, blessing, yes. our children need one healthy parent. It's great if they have two, but okay. if they have one that that stays that line and keeps it child-centered and protects them, um, they'll be much better off. All right. And that's all you can do. You can't, yeah. you can't control him um, or her. 
the other parent um, and they are the other parent. And, and, and that's the other thing I will say, if, if your children are struggling with the other parent um, and you don't have a good relationship with them, don't go to the other parent and, and admonish them or advise them. It's, you're, you're talking to the wall, go to the children and help your children learn how to navigate the personality. How do you feel? What do you need? What would you like to do? Why are you afraid of doing it? How can I support you? ask questions and help them grow in their understanding of their experience. And I think what you just said is you kind of ask questions and you don't put down the other parent. Not at all. Right. So that's important to keep in mind too. You just ask them about how they're feeling and kind of remain neutral. Even yeah. And that's, that can be hard for people even years after. Yeah. And it took me, when you said the word compassion, when I was going through my divorce, I was spitting angry. I I mean, my kids were devastated. I was so mad at this man. And I thought there is no way in this lifetime I will ever find my way to compassion. And I have such compassion. Um, And it took a long time and it took a lot of work on forgiveness. Um, But whatever's going on in his brain, he didn't ask for it. He didn't sign up for it. And every day I get to wake up being me and not him. And um, and I'm the luckier one, even with everything I went through. And I'm sure that because of that, because of your forgiveness and compassion, your children, that's probably why they're thriving. Yeah. You know, you um, you've done it and you've done it well. And so this has been so insightful, Karen. Mm-hmm. Again, I just want to thank you for taking time, getting up early. I'm sometimes I'm at the barn, so I'm always early feeding the little animals over there. Mm-hmm. So thank you for joining me early too. But Karen, tell me um, for our listeners who want to connect with you, how do they do it? And I will have it in the show notes too, for yeah. sure. But how? what's a good way to reach you? Yeah. So my company is Journey Beyond Divorce. We've got, there's six of us that coach. Um, I've got a Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I but I would mention that podcast. Yeah. Too. It's a good one. Everyone needs to listen. Yeah. We've got a lot of series on everything. You'll find a ton of information there. But the thing that I'd like to offer, the free offer um, that I love to give is our rapid relief call. And you get a free one hour coaching session on the house, no strings attached. You go to rapid relief call.com and you book your best time. And I guarantee you, you'll walk away with a lot of value. Oh, that's amazing. That's a great gift. Thank you for that. And listeners check out Karen and thank you for being here with us. Take good care. Thanks Lisa. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Doing Divorce Different. We come around every week, so please hit subscribe so that you can join us each week to delve into all the topics surrounding divorce and children and doing divorce a different way. Go to lisakoski.com to connect with me. Thank you.